This is the Cindy Gross Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish woman activist. Now, here's your host, Cindy Gross. With insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to the Jewish Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am today's premier Jewish women activist. You don't have to be Jewish to be a part of our show. I love to bring to you the best of my culture, and I love to share with my audience the best from your culture into the Jewish world. We have so much to discuss. This is an special uh, episode. We are talking about November 8th, the results of the elections. So welcome into my opening corner, because I am Zisel Pearl, Sweet Pearl. I'm sharing with you my pearls of wisdom. 2015 is not 2024. That is my opening statement. I was very lucky in 2015. I was involved with a lot of grassroots activity, particularly in the Jewish community in regard to the Iran nuclear deal, because we were all against it. Well, from that, it led me to participating in the 2016 Cleveland Republican Convention, all the way through the inauguration of Donald J. Trump, through many historic happenings and events of Donald J. Trump, including the embassy opening in Jerusalem, the signing of the executive order to combat anti-Semitism at a Hanukkah party, uh, attended by both Democrats and Republicans the Abraham Accord signing, and so many other memorable events with so many people you consider your idols, your mentors, and the people you follow for political advice. If we learned anything from November 8th, we can honestly say that the biggest winner of the night was not Donald J. Trump, but it really was Joe Biden. See, President Biden didn't have to be on the ballot. But many of the issues that people voted for President Biden for in 2020 resonated for last-minute voting on November 8th, 2022. We were all promised the tsunami. Then it was a red wave. I call it the top of the pimple that saw that little red dot that we all want to get rid of because we're embarrassed of it. We were promised so many changes and it did not help that Fox News and Newsmax and a lot of these right-wing pundits who we've listened to for years were busy telling us to expect it. 
more on that later. I don't want to talk about individual campaigns, but I hit on something months ago that nobody else picked up that did prove to be right. And that is red states, blue states. There are always pockets of the other color within them. But if true conservatives want to win, we have to be smart enough on the local and state levels to pick up the hints of red and run with it. That's a mistake that the RNC makes. That's a mistake that the super PACs make. And that's a big mistake that President Donald J. Trump makes. Nobody wants to come into New York or go into New Jersey. Nobody wants to go into Connecticut or Illinois. But they expect the Republican and conservative donors from those states to give money everywhere, to attend all their big events, to volunteer endlessly, and to vote for them. Well, it doesn't work that way. So when I say take a red pocket, I'm going to give you the one that I picked months ago, and that was Long Island, New York. We saw the local elections highlight red winds that were astronomical in 2021. We were the first county to really hit on the cashless bail reform failures. And on election night, we flipped two seats Republican. We won state Senate seats and were able to flip. We won assembly seats we were able to flip. And we kept our town seat. It was a lot of hard work, but it was unity. We didn't have a state leader to rely on because our state leader was campaigning for his own congressional race. We helped a lot the statewide candidates. And in Nassau County, Congressman Lee Zeldin did win. Joe Pinion, who was running against Chuck Schumer, won Nassau. And Michael Henry, who was running against Letitia James, won Nassau. Same thing for Suffolk County. So the island that has so much wealth, so much diversity, so much middle class, proves that red wave can happen. But it has to happen in small pockets because we are not unified as a country. Joe Biden, he, President Obama, the First Lady, they went out. We didn't have that unifying force. We knew that there were problems in Pennsylvania. After all, how many people voted against Dr. Oz in the primary? Think about it. We have to move on. The voter of 2024 is not the voter of 2016. It's not the grassroots activist that started with Ted Cruz in 2015 and is looking 
to help Republicans win in 2024. We see the success in Florida, which is unprecedented. We cannot attack one another as Republicans and conservatives. I can't believe, like many of you, that uh, Dr. Oz lost to Fetterman, who is probably going to be the most progressive senator, maybe even more than Bernie Sanders, his mentor. We got to start thinking today about unifying. And we have to start thinking as politics as a business for profit. I'll give you an example. These campaigns are costing millions of dollars that people don't have. And people are not answering emails and texts to donate. It's time to pull together campaigns and work together with a unified message. We'd get a much bigger response. Look at your county leadership and your committee people. You know what? They're salesmen. Do you buy your car from a salesman who keeps trying to sell you something that's broke? Do you check the recommendations of a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant before you go see them and even then get a second and third opinion? Why are we allowing county leaders to keep these jobs, paid or not paid? It's still prestigious and they still have a lot of power over who we get elected. If you don't like something at Trader Joe's, you can return it. I'm saying return these people. Get new leadership. Work together and build leadership on the local and state levels. And the next thing, a message to the leadership in Washington and the RNC. You're pissing off your base. There's no other way to say it. You're not delivering on your promises. And you're ruining the American dream. Tell me what you think. You can reach out to me via social media on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can reach out to me through the Conservative Television of America, the Black and White Network, Real Talk Radio, and Jewish Podcast. And of course, you can download me anywhere on every major app for free. We'll be back with more analysis of November 8th elections after this commercial. In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist, Jeffrey S. Stevens, comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium, Ryan Steck, Editor-in-Chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. 
best-selling author Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I have with me a Jewish patriot, Hank Scheinkoff. Many of you know him for his political consulting for many years. And we're going to discuss the results of the November 8th elections. And I think he's going to be surprised that I agree with him with a lot of things. So welcome to the show, Hank. You've been on before with us when we were just on radio, but now you are part of the expansion. It's always good to see you. And uh, I probably am going to agree with what uh, with you, with what you think about what the results were and moving forward to 2023 local elections and 2024 uh, presidential. Look, first of all, I'm happy to be here with you. And I'm I'm glad I'm very happy for you that you've expanded and that things are moving along. It's nice to know good people do good things and they're rewarded. Well, thank. Well, one of the things you'd appreciate as a rabbi and as a proud Jew that this show has a huge non-Jewish audience. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy, and we bring the best of our culture to our international audience, and they share with us, them, us some of their best things, so we could all work for some nice common ground. I think that's terrific and very important for Jews and everybody else throughout the world. So you want to know what I think, huh? Okay. I'm not used to being asked the question, so I'll do the best I can. This was a great victory, whether people liked it or not, for Joe Biden and for American democracy. It shows that the extremes on either side, the Democrat extreme or the Republican extreme, don't work. And if you look at elections across the board, more centrist, less crazy people were elected. Donald Trump, the biggest loser. Why? Yeah, he did win with the Vance in, uh, in Ohio, who uh, was going to be the senator come January. But by and large, his candidates did not fare well. It wasn't a great day for him. And the election deniers didn't do very well at all. So, you know, democracy won um, and um, and stability won. You can't have these incessant, uh, putting on my, you know, my PhD hat, my political scientist hat, you cannot have these success, the constant upsets in the system that cause these great swings back and forth without creating some instability. People voted for constancy. They also told uh, Washington, by the way, we want people who are actually going to get the job done, and we don't want ideologues, which is pretty good, too. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you about one thing you said about well and stuff, because I think it was mutually uh, considered right after the debate in Pennsylvania that uh, Fetterman might not be the healthiest for the job. But then again, I think we learned that people are sympathetic. We were sympathetic with Biden. And we were sympathetic with Fetterman in the way the elections came out for both of them. We also saw something that we didn't see in the 2020 campaign. We actually saw uh, Joe Biden go out and actually oh, sure. campaign. 
And I think that made a big difference to people. I also think uh, that for Joe Biden, yes, he was the big winner. I also think that uh, many of the people in his cabinet kept jobs last night that otherwise would not be there this morning or next week. All possibly true. Look, I love this country. I think it's been very, very, I'm very grateful for what it's done to me and for all of us. Um, I think yesterday's stability is more important than anything else. These extreme changes and this extremeness can't work and keep the place going. Donald Trump is likely not to be the nominee now for his own party. DeSantis is the guy to watch. He's the big, he's also the big winner last night. Swept Florida, turned it from a swing state into a red state. And he's likely to be the presidential nominee. And he can bring the entire South with him. Now, in Republican world, that's a big whoop. And that makes him very, very formidable and tough to get past. There was some nice highlights in the red wave, I will say. And one I I can't, uh, that's close to home for me and close to home for you. And when I was doing predictions last spring, I said, don't look at statewide elections. Look where you could pick up. And Long Island totally went red in a positive way with uh, positive uh, messages and working with the people. And they didn't run on Trump or or 2020. They ran on issues people related to, and they were out on the streets every day. And I think that's a message that resonates in both parties. I agree with you. And I think that... Ha- I- Look, I'm happy that the state senators got clocked, and I'll tell you why. Too much control by one party without any any need to counsel with anyone else to get things done. It just doesn't work. If you like, uh, if you like the present state of our of our uh, city, of our streets, of crime, and um, you know, just rampant government spending, you hope that the system that existed continues. Now, the Republicans in New York State, at least, um, are able to play because then the Senate majority is no longer veto proof. And that's good news. The assembly got a got a got a got a wake up call too. They went down four seats in New York City alone. So you know it tells you about the wisdom of the American voter who knows what he or she is doing when they go in to vote, and they have pretty clear sense about what right and wrong is. And bless them because they proved yesterday that uh, you know frankly that the middle can win for both the Republicans and the Democrats. I see in the Democratic Party a possible uh, vice president change. And I think that one of the rising stars could be, even though he won his reelection last night, Henry Queller in Texas, he is a moderate Democrat. He is an Hispanic, which the Democratic Party desperately needs. And he's yep. from the state of Texas. What are your thoughts on that? Look, he'd be, he'd be an interesting choice. I like Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. I think she's a terrific senator. She's from uh, the Midwest, a place that, you know, Democrats need to do their best to be competitive in. Um, and she's smart as hell. You know, she'd be a good she'd be a good choice for them for vice president. What do you think about besides DeSantis? There are rumors about Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley. What are your thoughts on any of these people? Mike Pompeo is a built in built in problem. It's called Donald Trump and uh, his quotes of, about the election in 2020 and other things would absolutely go out and kill him. I think that Nikki Haley is a much better choice to run, would be a reasonable choice for president, would be a very good choice for vice president. Um, she's been the governor of the state. And, you know, governors tend overall in American history to be elected more frequently to president than senators do. I have a question for you, which is something close to your heart, and that's the rising anti-Semitism in the country. Right. And, of course, uh, 
we can't dismiss from both extremes, but really a lot coming from the squad and the left. And I know you are not a supporter of any of that. What is your feelings with anti-Semitism with the results of the election in both parties? Because I have my thoughts well, I'll share. Th- Thomas Saul, right, the conservative thinker, um, said it pretty quickly. If you want clearly and quickly, if you want anti-Semitism, you have to excise the word jealousy from the vocabulary. That's a lot of what's going on. There is, And that jealousy is, dis- is displayed in real policy terms in income inequality. If we don't come up with a tax system that allows uh, people to, at the bottom to make some money, and to be treated equitably, we're going to have more anti-Semitism. Jews always get caught in the middle. The squeeze is, the, is part of our history. There's a lot of great books about it. One particular comes to mind, The Fatal Embrace by a fellow named Ginsburg, who was a political scientist then at the University of Chicago when he wrote it. Income inequality and the squeeze puts us in that in an untenable position from right and left. So people are looking for solace. As Jews, from the right, they're mistaken, or from the left, they're mistaken. Get in the center, play both sides, and... Uh, you know, and and understand that the religion nowhere doesn't say you have to be a Republican or a Democrat, but it says you have to be, as I mentioned, what my grandmother would say, be a person and don't let ourselves get caught in the middle. So in New York State, uh, the Jewish community, particularly the religious community, funded in a big way Lee Zeldin. Yep. And it was very public about their uh, feelings towards the statewide tickets. And of course, they lost them all. What do you think that's going to do in the short and long term for New York Jews? Well, you know, there's a very simple rule in life. If you're going to take on the king or the queen, you better kill them. They didn't kill the king or the queen. Therefore, they got a problem. The king or the queen are going to be looking to kill them. So, you know, long-term problem for Jews. You know, it's interesting. 30-some-odd years ago, after the Crown Heights pogrom, uh, the riots, uh, people said, uh, I said that this was a, you know, absolute pogrom and, they, and nobody took care of us. And, you know, people in Manhattan would look and say, oh, what do you mean? We're not like them. But, you know, we're all the same people. So we have to stand with each other on this and figure out how we're going to ensure that yeshiva education is not interfered with, nor is our culture destroyed. That's part of what's going on here. And how we resolve that is not clear, but the, 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 uh, the, the, the right in our community needs to find delegates or people to go to the people in power and say, by the way, how are we going to work this out? really important that we do. I totally agree with you because uh, I, I am a person who believes in checks and balances. I started when New York had two wonderful senators, Moynihan and D'Amato, and yep. they worked together and everybody was proud to be a New Yorker. They didn't care it was an RRD. No, it's changed a lot. We've become much more partisan. But I think, again, the evening up Nassau County and the suburbs of New York City, uh, not Westchester, certainly, but Nassau County and Suffolk County, made the case very clearly yesterday that we need some balance and partisanship just for the sake of partisanship doesn't matter. So uh, you became famous really working with the Clinton administration. Of course, those names keep coming up Do you. What are your thoughts about the hints from Hillary about a future in politics? It's time to retire from politics. The Clinton era is over uh, in American politics and democratic politics, and it served the nation well at the time. If you consider uh, Clinton on the crime, we're talking about Bill Clinton, the crime bill, um, the welfare reform bill, uh, the economic conditions that he helped create with countries in terrible shape after Bush, uh, who was a great man, but was but failed as an economic leader. Um, you know, we've gone through the period. It's over. 30 years is a long time. And in American public life, it's now time to move on to the next generation and it won't be her. 
Well, you say that because my closing today is rest in peace to some of these people, like talking about George Pataki, and it's the same era you just discussed. There, It's time to move on. There's generations that have no idea who these people are. And of course, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your thoughts of Stacey Abrams and Beto O'Rourke. Well, I'm not a Beto O'Rourke fan. Um, he's not, I, I, as I recall, he's made comments that are not necessarily supportive of the, uh, of the state of Israel. Um, and I don't think he fit into that state and I don't think he, you know, really he was ever in it. I mean, he thought that he was in it and people around the country thought they were in it because they have an anti-Texas bias, but you know, the liberals, but he was never in it with respect to Stacey Abrams. She's given a shot twice. She came pretty close time to move on. Who do you see as the rising stars in your party? Amy Klobuchar, um, in the, if you take it from the presidential race, go backwards. The presidential race today were to happen would be probably a, a Phil Murphy from New Jersey, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, Governor Pritzker, and Gavin Newsom, and throwing a couple of others. Those people are the next generation in many ways. They're going to be the people determining policy. They're pretty good at what they do, and they ought to be, you know, they ought to be putting this together one way or another. New York State is kind of out of it, but Kathy Hochul's election, whether people are Republicans or Democrats, is a pretty significant thing. Why? Someone not from New York City, a woman, pretty extraordinary. We have the first woman elected governor in New York history. Big thing. Hank, any last thoughts you want to share about 2023 local elections? 2023 will be a great debacle. I think the Republicans will do very well in in Nassau and Suffolk counties. I think the West Westchester is a New York City suburb is uh, kind of gone to the, you know, it's become much more democratic than anything else. New York City, there'll be a lot of money put into council races to stop the left and the progressives from destroying the entire region. Will it be successful? Not clear yet. I, I tend to doubt it because as much money that went into stopping uh, Hochul and people like AOC, it just doesn't work. It's who's in the district that votes. And I, this is my message to the national, well, I say to the RNC, but for the DNC, there are 50 states. There are voters from every kind of background. Stop only focusing on certain states. You never know where a star can rise and where your party can grow. I agree entirely. You know what? You said it best. I've been saying that for months, but no one listens. I'm no. glad I'm glad that you agree with me because you are really one of a mentor to so many people who are political consultants and uh people who are in the media. Hank Scheinkoff, you're always welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. Take care. Bye. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host on Black and White. You've been listening to the current Black and White program, on which I had a discussion with Ira Brzezinski, who is our gold guru and who will be helping you make a decision as whether or not gold investing is appropriate for you. To find out if gold is right for your portfolio, go to blacksandwhites.us and on the homepage, look for the gold bullion bar. Click on it and it will take you directly to Ira. And you can start a discussion with him about the suitability and appropriateness of buying gold for your cash account or for your retirement account. Take this opportunity to talk to someone extremely experienced and knowledgeable about gold and its pluses and minuses and how it can fit into your portfolio. Contact is free. This is Dan Perkins. This is Cindy Gross, your Jewess patriot. 
bringing you the best of the Jewish world to the non-Jewish community and vice versa. And now I'd like to share with you something that many of you have heard in the last couple of weeks, but now it's happening as you're watching this or perhaps right before or after. I am participating in a very special honor for Donald J. Trump. He's being honored with the Theodore Herzl Award from the Zionist Organization of America. I'm very lucky to be a part of the organization. In 2020, I was a delegate to the World Jewish Conference Congress uh, for ZOA, and I'm very proud to say that Mark Klein, national president, is my mentor. And whether or not you're happy with Donald Trump, with what's going on in 2022 and 2024 politics, we can never forget And we must always say thank you for his accomplishments in the Middle East and for American Jews, for Jews around the world, and for Israel, and for anybody non-Jewish who believes in Judeo-Christian values. He forged the historic Abraham Accords. He brokered additional groundbreaking, groundbreaking relationships with other countries in the Middle East, including Bahrain. Of course, he relocated the embassy. He issued the executive order strengthening the Title IX of the Civil Rights Act to protect Jewish students from harassment and discrimination. He recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. He ended the Iran deal. He imposed maximum sanctions on Iran when it reduced Iran's funding of terror proxies to Hezbollah and Hamas. He stopped the U.S. funding of the Palestinian Authority regime. He stopped funding UNRWA because it continued to teach Arab children to hate and harm Jewish children. He recognized Judea and Samaria. He reversed discriminatory uh, actions for labeling products that came from the Judea and Samaria areas of Israel, which is part of the international BDS movement, which is another form of anti-Semitism. He allowed Americans born in Jerusalem to list Israel on their passports. He attempted to stop uh, prior administrations from passing anti-Israel UN security resolutions. He deported the last known Nazi war criminal in the United States after years of U.S. inaction. He appointed the greatest friends to Israel into many important posts. And he was the first U.S. president to ever pray at the Holy Western Wall in Jerusalem. I just want to say it was an honor to vote for you, to speak up on your behalf. And now to say thank you once again, President Donald J. Trump. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, We're building the only defense a free people have, the facts, 
on every politician, every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, when events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at votesmart.org. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. And you know, I like to be the first one to give you information. So I'm going to tell you right now the first tip for 2023. Find out who's running in your campaigns and your candidates because local elections are key in 2023 all around the country. And since I'm from New York, we're going to be talking to somebody who already announced he's running for city council. And city council is very, very important because mm-hmm. those are the people that actually you could actually connect with and talk with about the issues and get to know. And many of them start locally and go up to higher office. Michael Ragusa is running for city council. He is a well-known podcaster and uh, he is a well-known Republican activist. Welcome to the Jewess Patriot. Thank you, Cindy. Um about time, right? We've been planning this for a long time, but we got over the elections now, so we can start talking about next year. Well, you already announced months ago, and what made you decide to announce so early that you were running? <clears throat> so people uh, that don't really know about South Brooklyn, it's it's a very swing district. It's not all red. It's not it's not blue. It's purple. Um, you know, obviously, Nicole Malitakis whooped Max Rose. Uh, in the election, thank thank God. That's the that's something we can hold on to. That South Brooklyn is down to red, but, but uh, there's going to be a lot of people who want to run for this seat that I'm running for. So the whole name of the game is to get money and endorsements. So hopefully that will scare off the Republican competition that wants to primary in, in June of 2023. And who has endorsed you already? So far, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Um, and Sid Rosenberg from uh, Bernie and well, unfortunately not Bernie anymore, but Sid from WABC, uh, you know, radio. That's a pretty big show, very big Republican show. Uh, John Casamitini owns that station, so that's that's pretty huge for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any announced primary candidates yet? No, not yet. Um, <clears throat> I feel like probably in the next couple of months. Also, we're waiting for the redistricting lines in New York City. So the reason why there's a elect- this is an off year for city council elections because uh, there's um, a redistricting process going on. So my district was currently 43, which entails Diker Heights, Bay Ridge, Bath Beach, and Bensonhurst. But they want to change it. They totally want to dismantle Diker Heights and split it up into their own district. So basically, if you drive around the the if you drive on the, the Belt Parkway going towards Long Island, when you leave Bay Ridge, that whole oceanfront, including Coney Island. Bay Ridge to Coney Island exit is going to be probably the new district. That's what they're uh, forecasting now. Now, this mm-hmm. is a national show. So what we are talking about in New York relates to all 50 states, local elections, whether or not it's a blue state or a red state. There are pockets of mm-hmm. red within blue states and vice versa. And you are in a pocket of red in a very blue area. So I keep telling people that it's extremely important to get to know what is going on around you in your neighborhood. 
what would you like to accomplish for your local residents? So, um, you know, right off the bat, we're going to talk about crime. I mean, 30, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, Bay Ridge used to be a place where people from Manhattan would want to move because it was a safe neighborhood. You can walk around and at three o'clock in the morning, if you're a woman, man, you don't have anybody to worry about. But now, uh, unfortunately, under the last four years or yeah, almost about five years, almost. Uh, Justin Brennan, the new the councilman, he is one of those progressive defund the police guys. So uh, his district really is going downhill. I mean, felony assault is up 75%. Robberies are up 133%. Uh, you know, sexual crimes are up. Uh, it's, you know, petite larceny, grant. It's it's everything is up in, in my, in my, uh, precincts and this guy he mocks people on twitter about being bringing up crime he literally mocks his constituents about how unsafe the neighborhood is so you know um i want people to know that i'm pro police i work for the city my whole life i work closely with nypd i was fdy ems for five years i'm currently in another law enforcement uh position for the city and so yeah, very pro law and order. Uh, the crime is out of control, and we thought that was the issue in the midterms, but uh, apparently not. So you also have a very successful podcast. Tell our audience about it. So yeah, I have something called the Sunday Sauce, um, SundaySauce.com. I interview pretty, you know, well-known candidates or already elected officials. Peter King was on my show. Andrew Giuliani, Joe Pinion, uh, mostly Republicans. I Cindy open- Gross. Cindy Gross. I, yeah, that's right. I, I also, um, you know, I'm very open to Democrats if they want to come on, but I don't think they want to come on my show, which is fine because I ask very hard, you know, straight to the point questions and I don't think they want to answer those. So isn't that a shame? That's where, you know, we we should have these open discussions. One right. thing one thing that's becoming clear in the 2022 election results is that people think they don't have to debate and meet the people anymore. And they're right. getting away with it because they do mm-hmm. mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. They could do Facebook Lives at their convenience and edit them and Photoshop Instagram stories. So, you know, politics has become a reality show. But we know mm-hmm. if we know, follow reality shows like I do, you know that Bravo TV is struggling with reality shows. And uh, people want the real deal now. They're struggling with cost of food, with mm-hmm. safety, they don't right. want they don't want the you know photoshop they want the real deal yeah uh the democrats for some reason are very cocky they're a very cocky party they're you know i don't know where they get it from um they pushed abortion 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 they they brainwashed new york state citizens about abortion if lee zeldin was elected he would abolish abortion uh you know people who don't really know politics very well take that for, uh, for face value but when really if you have a democratic house in the state abortions never going to be outlawed the governor just can't come into the state and say all right we're done with abortion like no that it doesn't work like that it's unconstitutional it has to be voted on you know roe versus wade was was overturned so the states can decide about abortion and and i mean obviously you know states like new york and california will never outlaw abortion so you know hokel came up with this plan to to discredit lee zeldin and say he's going to get rid of abortion and all these, you know, voters who aren't really educated in politics, they believed her. And now we're stuck with, with Hochul for another four years. Well, it's around the country. Fetterman. Oh, that was, I, 
listen, I would, like I said, I worked in EMS. I'm not making fun of anyone who had a stroke. It's a very serious thing to have a stroke, but someone who had a stroke and you can clearly see their speech is affected should not be a law uh, maker. It's just, it just, I don't understand. And Dr. Oz is a real doctor. I mean, whatever he, he had a reality show. He's still a real doctor. He's a very educated person. And um, for some reason, uh, the citizens of Pennsylvania voted for Fetterman. And, you know, when you have strokes, they, that could, you can have another stroke, another stroke. I, I really hope the guy makes it for four years. Not saying like he's going to pass or anything, but I hope he doesn't get another blood clot. So it's it's he's playing a very dangerous game because being a politician is very stressful, and that's not good for someone who had a stroke. But actually, Joe Biden had a very good night. If we look, really think about what went on, we didn't have this tsunami. We didn't have this tidal wave. Millions mm-hmm. and billions was spent thinking that oh my god, the House, the Senate, everything else. And it turns out Joe Biden ended up going on tour and actually helping candidates. And this is going to be a very big decision for Republicans as they move forward. So I want to thank you for coming on and starting the ball rolling for 2023. Where can our audience learn more about you and help your campaign? So you go to Ragu, the number four, NYC dot com. You can go donate. You can learn all about my campaign and what I stand for. Well, you are certainly welcome back because you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. And we are very concerned about local elections. Those are your local school boards, your local infrastructure, streets, parks, libraries, your local cultural events. I can't thank my town and my local villages for all the great programs they provide us for free with our tax dollars. So that's the stuff that you guys do. And I know local elected officials are so gracious and appreciative to hear from their constituents. Go out and get to know them. Thanks so much for uh, joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you, Cindy. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Welcome back. Joining us now is Morton Klein, National President of the Zionist Organization of America, with a very, very big announcement. You know that I I consider ZOA my home. I was honored to be one of the delegates for ZOA on their slate at the World Zionist Conference Congress two years ago. And uh, Mort is here with a huge announcement, and you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate his words. Here you go. Thank you, Cindy. It's great to be with you and your important program. Uh, the greatest friend to Israel and the Jewish people in the White House ever is Donald J. Trump. Uh, He's done more for Israel than any president. He's moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, He recognized the Golan Heights as part of Israel. Uh, He cut all aid to the terrorist dictatorship of the Palestinian Authority and to UNRWA, 
a, a so-called refugee camp that teaches uh, 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 people to hate Jews and hate Israel and even commit violence against them. <laughs> He's the only president to ever go to the Western Wall and pray. The only one who ever did that. And and more and he's also helped strengthen our ability to sue colleges uh, who are discriminating and, and allowing harassment of Jews. <laughs> so, uh, despite the fact of his extraordinary uh, uh, efforts and achievements for the state of Israel and the Jewish people, not a single Jewish organization has ever given him an honor. And we are proud to announce that on November thirteenth, Sunday, November thirteenth, <clears throat> at Pier sixty in Manhattan, in New York City. We're going to be giving, the Zionist Organization of America is going to be giving, uh, giving our rarely given highest honor we ever give, the Theodore Herzl Gold Medallion. The only people we've ever given this to is Lord Balfour, Winston Churchill, Golda Meir, Harry Truman, Ben Gurion. That's it. And we think that he is, is one of those people who have been that extraordinarily beneficial and helpful to the Jewish people. And we're going to honor him in person live uh, uh, Sunday night, November 13th. And in addition, it's not only him. We're also giving the Dr. Miriam Sheldon Adelson Award to uh, the uh, House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, who, if the Republicans win the House, will become the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy will be there. We're honoring Jason Greenblatt, one of the architects of the Abraham Accords, which brought peace between Israel and so many Arab countries. Uh, uh, one of the great Israeli generals we're honoring, General uh, Amir Avivi, and uh, presenters in person, presenters to the awards include Dr. Miri Adelson and Alan Dershowitz uh, uh, and Kyron Skinner. Uh, Kyron Skinner, who was the first black woman to be head of the Department of uh, Public Policy at the State Department. She will also uh, be introducing me. Uh, so this is an incredible event. It's even my brother, my own brother, who's a liberal Democrat, I might add, said he wants to come because this is a historic event right, where the president of the United States for the only time will be given an award by a Jewish organization. The Torah, the Bible commands us to show appreciation when the good things happen and to express gratitude. We think it is our moral duty, our moral duty to show appreciation to President Trump for all he did for the Jewish state. And we're saying to Mr. President Donald Trump, thank you, Mr. President, for all you've done. That's what we're doing. And I'm sorry that we're the only Jewish group to ever do this. And uh, he'll be there in person. As I tell people, ZOA is all about uh, Israel and Jewish people. We don't deal with any other issue that uh, Donald Trump is involved in. We only are talking about what he did for Israel. So those who are interested in coming, go to ZOA.org, ZOA.org. And uh, that it's right in front of our website uh, of how to get tickets. And I look forward to greeting all of you there. Uh, so uh, uh, thank you so much. And uh, uh, we've had a lot of excitement about this. We've had many more people thrilled about this uh, than those who have criticized us for this. And my audience who is, isn't Jewish because you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy is thrilled to hear that a Jewish organization is honoring Donald Trump. And if you're not in New York that night, even though many people are flying in for this historic event, you can donate, you can get involved in ZOA. We have chapters all across the country. I know that uh, in Florida, in Texas, in California, I know other places around the country, I am getting calls because people know I work with ZOA. 
more Klein. We're going to have some special exclusives from the dinner uh, because you and David Schoen are friends of the show, and I've been involved with DOA many, many years. We will have you on for an entire roundup of the show and exclusives for our audience. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Well, thank you also, by the way. David Schoen is going to be the MC at the dinner, and he is one of Trump's lawyers who defended him during the phony impeachment trials, and he will be there as, as the MC. So it's, it's a star-studded event, a superstar event uh, that'll be so, something uh, for the history books, really something extraordinary. I look forward to greeting all of you there. ZOA.org, come to this historic event and show appreciation to the greatest president for Israel and the Jewish people we've ever had in the White House, President Donald J. Trump. Amen. I'll see you there. See you there. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host for Black and White, and I'm also an investment advisor with over 50 years of experience in investing. Inflation is at a near 50-year high and perhaps going higher. The capital markets for the first six months of 2022 was the worst performing in almost 50 years. Two generations and perhaps more have never experienced this level of inflation. You may have had some significant declines in your portfolio of investments in the first six months and are asking, what does the future hold? And by the way, what should I be doing now? I have grave concerns that we have not seen the peak in inflation. And because it may be around for some time, I want to introduce you to the Black and White Gold Ownership Program run by Ira and his team at Advisor Metals. So go to blacksandwhites.us and click on the gold bar to take you directly to Ira to work with him to see if gold is right for you and your portfolio in protecting your investments. This is Dan Perkins. Thanks for listening. latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium. Ryan Steck, Editor-in-Chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.